Welcome back to the United Pubcast, Manchester United Carabao Cup champions. I'm calling it champions. I know it probably goes down as Carabao Cup winners, but Larry and I have been doing this podcast for a while. I'm not sure how many years, but I know it hasn't been six years because we haven't been able to review a trophy win. And Larry, I'm sure everyone has got a drink at home. Raise a glass. Manchester United have ended their trophy drought. Forget Newcastle 60 drought, whatever that is. We had a far more important one of six years or coming on six years. And my God, Larry, look, we're going to discuss the ins and outs of the performance and what it means and everything. We're going to celebrate Ten Hag and Casemiro and Rashford and everything. And we're going to look forward to winning the next three trophies this season and win the quadruple. But just, it's, it's just happy. I'm just happy as a Manchester United fan today. And I haven't been that over the last six years. And ultimately, watching Manchester United win a trophy, whether it be Monday morning at 3.30 at the pub, um, it's just what we watch Manchester United for. Absolutely, Tom. And it just the, the first word that comes to my mind is adulation adulation for the manager and uh adulation for this group of players but adulation for the manager it's it's gonna look i'm gonna give a prerequisite to anyone who's watching this if you don't want to watch a grown man praise show his love and affection for another grown man and that man being eric ten Hag, just close the video now because the, the cheer at wembley when he went up to get his medal explains it all I think what what's, what says a lot about that incident there with um, Harry Ten Hag and the fans' reaction, we always look back at sort of what Sir Alex Ferguson used to allude to in terms of the most important person at a, at a football club is the manager. In terms of you do look at when Pep Guardiola went into Manchester City and Jurgen Klopp went into Liverpool, they did have good players here or there, but their fans bought into Pep Guardiola was bigger than Manchester City. Jurgen Klopp, okay, not, not bigger than Liverpool, but Jurgen Klopp, he's the main man. He's bigger than any player. Ultimately, over the years, Jose Mourinho was big, but Paul Pogba was bigger. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was big, but Ronaldo was big. We had all, all this play power, but ultimately now, the, as big a players as we do have in that dressing room, there is a unanimous feeling around the dressing room and the fans that Eric Ten Hag is the main man. And ultimately, we do look at the successful teams over the last couple of years in Liverpool and Manchester City. That's been their catalyst in terms of their manager has been the main man. Ultimately, now for us, that's the case at Old Trafford. And um, if evidence, if, or if history is to repeat itself... Um, history is going to prove successful. Yeah, 100%, Tom. Uh, and I can't wait to rip into this game. There's so much to break down and not just including this game. We have to look ahead because you and I were just talking about, I think Eric Ten Hag is going to absolutely want to prioritize another trophy this season. But when you look at the games that are coming up, there might be a big decision that needs to be made. So stay tuned for that um, because it's going to get really interesting to see one, what Eric Ten Hag does, but I'm keen to see what you think as well, Tom. Uh, but look, this is the catalyst for success. Can I just, before we get uh, in, into the, everything, um, I just, I, I want to highlight this straight off the bat. Um, Eric Ten Hag's post-match comments are the things that dreams are made of, if you're a football fan of any club. He mentioned he loves Manchester United. He mentioned he thought it was a risk, but he's like, it, it didn't matter to him because he just, he felt like he belonged here. Like, you know how you mentioned the other week you had some concerns about how natural he looked at the new camp? He just put all of that to bed. Yeah. This guy wants to build his legacy at Manchester United, and it gives me absolute goosebumps just thinking about what he could go on to achieve for this club. We finally got the manager, Tom. Like, regardless of what happens, we could go on and finish fifth this season. I'm, I have no doubt in my mind we have the manager that's going to take Manchester United back to where they belong. Have no doubt about that. The, the confidence he gave me at the end of the match in regards to, yes, his actions on the pitch and dancing and lifting up the trophy in that interview, I'm confident we get another trophy this season. We'll discuss which one that is potentially most likely. 
want to say g'day to some people in the live chat. There are a few in the chat, which is great to see. So if you are here, please do leave a like on the video for Eric Ten Hag and his first trophy at Manchester United. I'll try to get to as many comments as possible, but if I do miss a few, my apologies, but Man Cave United, make sure you go and subscribe to them. Let's watch the match with um, Adam and Emad this morning at the pub. <laughs> great morning. Vin as well. Good to see you, mate. Um, Jamie over from Northern Ireland. Hope you're keeping well. Dion as well, stoked. Um, as he is, um, George here, evening lads, let's all dance like Eric Ten Hag did get the dancing shoes out with um, Lissandro Martinez and Anthony, which was good. Um, Adam, what a feeling it is to win trophies. Well, Miss is one of the young, uh, Adam, um, is this the first trophy you've seen? No, you would have seen the, the, first, the trophies under Mourinho, wouldn't you? But um, it is good to get back to winning ways. Adam here, good to see you, mate, as always. Um, shared a good breakfast this morning as well after the game. Elliot, good to see you. Let me know, Elliot, obviously still got to send you that Brian Robson photo. Let me know if you do want me to send you that or if you're up in Sydney anytime soon. And I said, a lot of people in the live chat, so apologies if I don't get to them. But, um, yeah, keep all your opinions coming in and we'll sort of jump to it where we can. But, Larry, where do you want to start on the match? We'll, we'll discuss it as a little bit of a review and then we'll get sort of into the, okay, we've won a trophy, what does that mean in the celebration sort of thing. But just a match review, starting 11 comes out. I expected Diego Delo to, to play and I thought that was the right thing. Now, ultimately... That's the discussion as to how the match played out. But Delo, Wambasaka was obviously flip of a coin. He's went for Diego Delo. Obviously, Rashford was fit. So um, it was Vekor through the middle with Rashford on the left. Um, Fred kept his spot over Sabitza. He didn't really take that risk, which a lot of us thought, okay, play Sabitza because that's the better player. But ultimately, they hadn't played before. So Fred kept his spot there. Just your thoughts an hour before kickoff with the team lineup. Um, status quo, to be honest, the, the only shock for me, well, not shock, the, the one that I personally would have gone. I would have gone Wambasaka to start. I just I thought of what Saint Maximin offers, and he is a very tricky player. When he's on song, you could argue he's one of the best wingers in the league, if not the best winger in the league. Um, end product, of course, has been questionable, and but w in terms of one-on-one -on -one dribbling, he, there's not many more dangerous than him. Um, I'll say in world football, let alone the Premier League, and that's the only one where you have to raise maybe uh, raise an eyebrow. I'm not going to raise both eyebrows. Mm. I'm, I'm doing a bit of the the rock jabroni kind of thing tom if you're a wwf fan but um outside of that you the, the 11 was status quo i think um and, and you can't complain i thought united were slow out of the blocks but we i think we do have to keep in mind that obviously barcelona was three days ago and that would have taken so much out of these players they would have ran their hearts out and emotionally to get up for barcelona is massive and then they have to go again three days later so i mean I, I could sit here and dissect the 11 with you but in reality whatever group of players went out there if they played on wednesday against barcelona and they backed up here no criticism from me because they did a hell of a job to be professional tonight yeah, it's hard i think we do have to apply that context in regards to we're just saying this is a one-off final we've won the final against newcastle but ultimately what's come before that in terms of the fixture pile up newcastle had the week off we've had huge games and huge occasions to come out and sort of get the job done in the way we did um de definitely it's not just winning a football match in terms of the circumstances around it great achievement here um box good to see you in the chat mate hope all is well and you've enjoyed your day and sully as well just tuned in i've seen you sully earlier i've changed photo uh captain fantastic harry Maguire above us i'm so glad for sully because down in melbourne um i got a shirt signed for him from harry Maguire, and i was thinking is harry Maguire going to leave is, is the shirt going to be sort of worth nothing but ultimately signed by Manchester United captain who's won a trophy. He did get up on stage and lift it with Bruno Fernandes. So I'm pleased for you there. But we'll get into the trophy celebrations in a little bit, Larry. But before that, we're not having trophy celebrations if it's not for Casemiro. Do we do? We do. Well, we're, we're, we're a deserving fan base. We don't deserve this guy. Like, we, we do for what we've put up with over the last six years. 
But ultimately, what this guy has brought, look, okay, besides the fact he's the best midfielder in the world, I genuinely believe that, not defensive midfielder, he's the best midfielder in the world. We're not where we are this year without him. It's simply, yes, Eric Ten Hag is obviously the main man. Varane's been very good. Lissandro Martinez has been very good. But Casemiro is just, he's the reason. After Eric Ten Hag, he's the reason we are where we are. He's immense. He is the he is our most important player, and he is our best player. Um, United have uh, I got maybe five players I think that you can say are absolutely crucial to any success we have. I think if you pull any of Lissandro Martinez, Rafael Varane, Casemiro, Bruno Fernandez, or Marcus Rashford out of that team, I think we're in crisis mode because none of those players can be replaced. Um, but Casemiro, I mean. The thing that often gets oversighted when managers buy players, Tom, is we always look at the price tag. We look at the profile of player. You know what he did, Eric Ten Hag, this summer? He bought attitude. He bought players who know what it is to win and knew what it was to play with a passion and to fight for the fan base. And and you look at Casemiro and, and Lissandro Martinez as well. I think those two particularly, what they've added in terms of character, forget ability, those two in terms of character have been immense. And Casemiro, the, the way he walked out of the, um, the – there was a bit of a scuffle you would have remembered in the Barcelona game when Bruno mm. kicked the ball at Frankie. And <laughs> the way he walks away because mm. he wants to get involved, but he's thinking about all the yellow cards and what have you. And then you look at him today and the passion. Tom, he was celebrating his fifth Champions League trophy back in May, and he looked like eh, – he looked about as excited as I do putting on my socks in the morning. And then you look at him today for the Carabao Cup, absolutely loving it. I don't know if we deserve him or not, but you know what? He loves Manchester United and I'm all here for it. I'll take him. Deserve it or not, I'm taking him and I'm keeping him. Adam here in regards to we'll get in that trophy lift, but I think the last couple to lift the trophy was Bruce and Robson um, FA Cup, I think. I think the last one, obviously, Giggs Vidic, not Giggs Vidic, um, Giggs Rio in Moscow. That's the last one I can remember. Maybe... Ferdinand, sorry, maybe Vidic and Evra won trophy potentially. Can I ask you a question? Last one I remember was Giggs I want to ask you a question on Casemiro before we move on on him. Um, and I'm sure he'll come up in three, two, ones inevitably. But on Casemiro, obviously he's 30 years of age. He'll be 31 soon. What are his chances of going down as a Manchester United legend in your eyes? Because it's a solid debate considering his age and how long he stays at United, but age, nothing to do with he? it. Age, nothing to do with it. What you do on a United shirt. If we go on to, to win two, two or three trophies this year, like in terms of Robin Van Persie, did he do it over a, a long enough time? Probably not, but we do hold him in the highest regard. Yeah, I'm just thinking, oh, yeah. So if Casemiro is to do that this year, it doesn't matter if he's not going to be here in a year's time or if he's too old in two years time, which I don't think will be the case. But for me, it's what you achieve in United Show. If you do that over 10 years or you do it within six months, if you achieve greatness at Manchester United, um, you will be a legend. But um, this comment here earlier from Emad here, we'll start with the back four and we'll work our way forward. Obviously, the Casemiro goal as well. But at right back, Wan-Bissaka was immense in that second half. I'd say his best performance um, in a United shirt. Diego Delo, obviously, the game changed for Diego Delo when he got that yellow card. Um, I would not be critical of Wambus, um, Diego Delo in that case. It was just one of those things. He got booked. That happens. Um, yeah, obviously, up against against a tricky winger then for the rest of the game. So even at nil-nil, I would have taken him off at halftime. Just in the way, I don't think we're going to score a goal through Diego Delo attacking-wise. So even at nil-nil, I would have made that sub at halftime, bring Wambusaka on. Now, ultimately, that's made a lot easier by being 2-0 up at halftime. Now you can make a defensive substitution, which is Wambusaka. 
But ultimately, the difference... I don't think Diego Delo played, played badly. I just think Newcastle had his number a little bit on that, especially the way St. Maximum played very well. But ultimately, that change from Eric Ten Hag to bring one Bissaka on the way he performed. And you look, you can isolate the performance and talk about um, this performance at Wembley. But ultimately, I do want to encapsulate that. But also his time this season at Manchester United, we we written him off. He was almost like Phil, in the Phil Jones category. Did he, did he even make match day squads? What's he doing here? Not in a critical way, but he was just completely frozen out. To come back and play a pivotal role in Manchester United winning trophies, he's a credit to himself. Eric Ten Hag takes huge credit, but the way he's got his head down, you never heard rumours of discontent in the dressing room or he's throwing his toys out of the pram or he's sort of not getting on with this player or not getting on with this manager. Didn't hear a peep out of Aaron Wambasaka. Came back when he was called upon, got his head down, performed, and now he's performing at Wembley for Manchester United winning trophies. So Aaron Wambasaka in that second half, we'll get into 3 2 1s in a little bit, potentially, in my opinion, close to man of the match. He was unreal in that second half. And um, like you said, Tom, almost brought back from the dead. You know what I mean? Like, he, I, I was certain he was gone in January. If you ask me in December, is Wambasaka getting sold? It was probably second sold. You'd want sold behind Phil Jones. I think, he, I think he was gone. If Diego Delay wasn't injured, he, he was sold, I think. I, I'm with you. But it, it's got to be said, the level of performance he's put in, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, for example, Fred will never be Paul Scholes on the ball, but he's improved an immense amount. Fred's good games are much more frequent than his bad games. And the same has to be said for Aaron Wambasaka. I think he's improved going forward. I think he's improved his his ability with the ball. Um, but you know what? You know what's so interesting, Tom? If someone asks me who's first choice now between Diogo Delo and Wambasaka, it's Wambasaka all day long. I think Delo Delo's better on the ball than him, but in every other facet, I think Wambasaka's got his number. And it's so interesting that you, you look at and because the team's more balanced, because we've got Martinez and Varane and Shaw and Casemiro crucially, who can all play out from the back, you can afford to carry one player who isn't as efficient. I think Wambasaka almost him and Maguire both had the same deficiencies in their game. And I think last season will probably all of us had had we just wanted to see the back of him and, and it's interesting now that because the parts around them have been complemented we can now afford for someone like Wan Bissaka who suddenly doesn't look so bad yeah no no that is definitely the case and look you say they're definitely first choice I think at the moment yeah I'd have him first choice I, I think it's quite close I think that's a good option for Eric Hag to have depending on what the game needs in terms of what you need from your right back I think we do have good options. It throws an interesting spanner into in January. We're saying, well, let's bring Let in a right you, back. Do we bring can I ask back you the question, now? Tom? Let me ask you this question then. If United are to play in another final this season, and you, you can only put one starting eleven out when it's your when it's a final, who do you think starts? Because I would think it's Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Yeah, look, at, at, at the moment, I would go Aaron Wan-Bissaka, but before the game, I, I said Diogo Delo. Like in terms of the way I thought this game would play out, I didn't think Diego Delo would get booked in the first five minutes. And I just think potentially if he doesn't get booked, um, whether you think it was the yellow card or not, maybe he has, that ultimately did change his game. Now he has to take responsibility for getting booked and it's one of those things. But ultimately I think it's a good good choice to have. I think the interesting bit now is we're all saying go get Dumfries or go get a new right back. Eriton Hag might be putting that on the back burner. Maybe if both players are happy to fight out for this position, we are sorted in the right-back position. And ultimately, in the way they've handled themselves, Diego Delo had to go away on loan as well. Diego Delo found it hard under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer when Jose Mourinho left. He had to go cut his teeth elsewhere. Aaron Wan-Bissaka had to bide his time. So ultimately, the professionalism of those two players can come back and the performances on the pitch. I'm happy for them to fight it out at right-back and both 
play a part in Manchester United's future. And yeah, six months ago, you thought one of them was definitely at the door. So it will be interesting. Now we'll move further forward. That's the back four. We'll go into midfield a little bit. We've touched on Casemiro and we'll finish on the front three before we get into three, two, ones. In the middle there, Fred was Fred. Okay, it sort of worked out, got his job done. Casemiro was the best player in the world, obviously. Bruno Fernandes, I thought, was, I wouldn't say poor, but he just didn't didn't influence the match. I thought there was one or two times he sort of could sort of sprung a few counterattacks and the ball sort of got caught under his feet and he sort of didn't really find that pass. I didn't think he did anything wrong, but he had the chance to really have a big impact on the match and he didn't take it, not in a bad way. I just think it wasn't Bruno's day. Then ultimately it sort of summed up in that last sort of last bit on the game where he had the counter-attack and he almost had too much time. He knew he had to pass it. Then he thought, well, if they know I'm going to pass it, I'll have to change my mind. And he got caught in two minds and ultimately fluffed his lines. But ultimately, I thought, in terms of he can't question his work rate, he's all over the pitch. He played a huge role defensively, but on the ball, um, not Bruno's best performance. Yeah, no, I, I do agree with you. He, he wasn't very influential, but I, I don't... It was just a really weird game, to be honest, I, I didn't see a midfielder for Newcastle boss the game either. I think it was a very much a... I feel like the best opportunities for both teams came from the wide areas. Um, it came from one-on-one -on -one individual brilliance. It, it wasn't a game that either team looked to control. But again, I, I put it back down to... Um, we played a game against Barcelona a couple of days ago. And Bruno Fernandes covers the pitch every blade of grass, every single game, and there is only so much ground that all these players mm -hmm. can cover. Uh, so at the end of the day, I think, yeah, he wasn't very good, but we have to, again, contextualize what a lot of these players are putting themselves through. And um, I think Casemiro, being the best player on the pitch, has played the least amount of football this month, and uh, that's definitely something worth taking note of. Yeah, no, it's hard to argue. Ultimately, it's a good discussion to be having. Okay, he wasn't at his best, didn't have a good game, but ultimately resulted in us winning a trophy. So if we lost, we would have been pointing fingers in a far more ferocious manner. So ultimately, we do have to take the positive. Just a question here before we move to the front three, Larry. Adam here saying, Newcastle shocked me today. They definitely approached the game very differently than what they normally do. They came out and tried to play football today. Do we lay any of that at Eric Ten Hag in his pre-match press conference in terms of talking about Newcastle in terms of the way they play the game? Did he put a bit of pressure on Eddie Howe or am I reading a little bit too much into that? No, I think you're reading a bit too much into that. I think Eddie Howe's done a... Uh, look, he's done a really good job. And if, if you look, can I be honest? That Newcastle team on paper, if they finish 10th, at the, if you told me at the start of the season they finished 10th, I think most of us would be like, you know what? That, that makes a lot of sense. Um they're falling off a little bit, but no, I, I think I don't think so. I, I think all in all, Newcastle actually played well, and they definitely troubled United. And that second half was not straightforward. I think we absolutely need to remember that. But no, I don't think so. No pressure. Well, while they dominated that second half, were you now during the during the match? Obviously, when the emotions are there, you're sort of very stressed and you're worried about what's going to happen, and you it does so it does feel bad. Think, oh my god, they're on top. They're going to score. Ultimately, though, looking back now. Were we in any real danger? Like, I thought we were quite no. comfortable like, looking back now. It felt like Man City's second half at Old Trafford where they had more ball, but you never felt like they were going to score. It, it was a bit like that, which is expected. Um, and again, I, I come back to if United were well-rested. Newcastle were fresh. When was the last time Newcastle played a game? Seven days ago? They played eight. I think it was they played the day before our last Premier League game. So it was at Leicester. They played the day before that. Yeah. Eight days. That's an eight-day rest. 
it's a lot of that's a lot of break while United are running around at Old Trafford against one of the best teams in in the world. They started fast, but look, United were all in control. And again, credit to the manager. The way United set up, we just no team troubles us. I mean, we concede some goals here and there, but outside of a sloppy error or lapse, do United ever look troubled? You always feel like we're in cruise control, Tom. Yeah, definitely. This comment earlier, I just want to move sort of back through the comments, but into the forward part of the pitch. George here saying we need to get Veghorst a shout out. He's doing his job. He would have said a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, that Veghorst from Burnley would come on loan to Manchester United and lead the line for Manchester United to go win a cup final. Ultimately, he has done that, and we can get into the ins and outs on is he a Manchester United player? What's the future? Could we be better with this type of striker or that type of striker? Ultimately, what he's given Eric Ten Hag and the team is the platform to go and sort of play the way we do. And ultimately, I've got nothing but I, I can be critical of some parts of the performance or his attributes and, and ability. But ultimately, what Veghorst is doing, um, as I always say, in terms of the minimum demand I have as a, of a Manchester United player is to give 100%. And he gives 110% every single time. And ultimately, how can you not fall in love with Veghorst? Because ultimately, he's this player who has come from Burnley. I think he's 30, 31 years old sort of thing. He's won nothing in his career. Now, ultimately, he's lifting a trophy met for Manchester United and got a crucial assist for the Marcus Rashford goal. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, when things have been going bad for United, I can count time and time again last season, including some people in the comments, Emad, I'm looking at you, uh, where we were so frustrated under Ralph Rennick, under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and we said, we just want to see some players who play with a bit of passion. Val Veghorst plays with a lot of passion. He knows what he is. He, he doesn't pretend to be anything he's not. And what he does is he go out there, he goes out there and he graphs. And and he knows he's not the most talented striker. He knows he's not Zlatan Ibrahimovic, but he works hard and, and he does he uses his attributes to complement the team. And um it's the correct shout to say he deserves a shout out. Does he get in a three two one contention? I mean, I don't know personally, not for me, but um he's playing his role at the moment. And you know what's interesting, Tom? Give me a penny for Cristiano Ronaldo's thoughts because if he knew that yeah. uh, Martial would go down injured, uh, he could have been playing so much more football. And if he wasn't so busy doing interviews with Pierce Morgan and being a spoiled brat, it could have been him with a league with a league cup right now. Instead, he's kicking a ball in Saudi Arabia that no one cares about. I mean, that's the thing. I think he scored a hat trick the other day, and everyone just said, "Oh, okay, yeah." It, it, it's 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 a non-story, and um, so to go to show how quick Manchester United. And football has moved on, and rightly so. Um, before we get into three, two, ones, a question here, or not a question, a statement here from Adam, which I feel guilty of. All the Newcastle fans who say it means more to them um, than what it does for United fans can sit on it. I got wound up far too much by Newcastle fans this week. Ultimately, I think it's good they're back and they're at the right end of the table in regards to it's another big fixture we can look forward to as Manchester United, two traditional clubs. Ultimately, though, their fans have piped up. Now, I understand it's a huge occasion for them. Obviously, 60 years, 60-something years since their last title, obviously, um, or, or since their last trophy. Um, obviously, we played them in the FA Cup final 20, 25 years ago. And I'm just thinking, ultimately, I understand it's a big occasion. But this narrative, Liverpool run the same thing as well. Liverpool and Newcastle fans, what I've seen this week, are coming here and saying they care more about Newcastle than we do about Manchester United. And that is simply not the case. You, you can love your club as much as I love Manchester United, but I can guarantee you, you don't love it more. 
Like Liverpool aren't special in regards to every club. A Leighton Orient fan will think Leighton Orient is special. Every club, every fan loves their club, but you don't love it more than someone else's. But this notion that Newcastle fans went down to Trafalgar Square and jumped in a few fountains, that proves they support Newcastle better than Manchester United is absolutely nonsense. And um, I was sort of developed a bit of a, a rational, not a hatred, but a strong dislike towards um, Newcastle this week. And I am so glad we're beating them because I couldn't have dealt with them lifting that trophy and not shutting up about it. So just your thoughts on Newcastle fans. Am I overreacting? Did I get sort of reeled in by them? Honestly, Tom, they're Man City 2.0. There's just a, a new group of fanboys who saw, oh, team with money, let's support them. They're going to win the league in a couple of years. And then they're going to sit here telling us how they've been supporting Newcastle since day one and how Botman is a Newcastle legend. Like, give me a break. Seriously, I'm so sick of all these cashed up clubs that meant absolutely nothing before their owners defined what they were. And anyway, and this is my whole point about United. We can get signed by Qataris or we can get signed by bums like you and me. At the end of the day, United's legacy, our history make us what we are. Newcastle is nothing. They will continue to be nothing. And when they eventually win their filthy money entitlement incentive championships, no one's going to give two hoots. If you do agree with that or dislike Newcastle like us, um, please do leave a like on the video. As Adam says here, smash the like on the like, uh, smash the like button, boys. Do appreciate that as well. Um, Tom, he's saying a bit of an overreaction. They're not used to seeing the team actually play good football. Never mind having a chance to win a trophy. I don't take the occasion away from it. Obviously, huge occasion for them. But this feeling that they care more about Newcastle than United fans care about United is it's simply wrong, in my opinion. No one loves the club more than Man United fans. So you can love it the same, but you definitely don't love it more. But um, until then, obviously, you've got, before we get into three, two ones, Marcus Rashford. Now, own goal, goal. I think it, it went down as an own goal, but then the last couple of hours, I've seen it's potentially been credited back to Marcus Rashford, which is obviously a great thing for him. Ultimately, it's his goal in terms of the way we watched it. Okay, it's Marcus Rashford goal. Technically, you can get in the angles and say, was it on target, off target? It is one of those. But ultimately, Marcus Rashford has scored in a cup final for Manchester United. That's his first goal, I believe, in a cup final. I'm trying to go back one matter, Jesse Lingard. In the FA Cup, then it would have been Pogba, Mkhitaryan in the Europa, Ibrahimovic, Lingard in the League Cup, and it would have been Cavani in the Europa League um, the other year. So ultimately, I think that is Marcus Rashford's first goal in a final for Manchester United. And off the season he has had, or is having, um, it's a huge moment for him and Manchester United. Obviously, an academy product coming through and scoring a goal at Wembley. Um, iconic. Absolutely. Uh, Rashford, there's not enough words to say how good this guy is at the moment. And confidence is a hell of a thing, Tom. The way he's playing at the moment, it's just I can't – I'm sick of coming on here and describing it because he – I don't even think it's the way he's playing. It's the way he's making the other team play, like the, the fear they have of him. I mean, yeah, I know. But, yeah, you are right to an extent. I think he's absolutely carrying himself with a bit of an aura and that's helping him. But – I dare say it reminds me of Ronaldo at United before Ronaldo kind of moved on to different pastures. Um, he, he's created an aura for himself and, and a reputation for himself, but there's a maturity to his game that we obviously haven't seen. Now, granted, he's getting older, and with that, his game has matured, but he looks like one of the better players on the pitch. Every time he gets the ball, we're all on the edge of our seats waiting for something to happen. He hasn't done that for a very long time, and... Um, I'm I'm really happy for him, and I, I hope he goes on to this season. There's still so many games, Tom. How many goals could he finish with? I mean, if mm -hmm. I'm him, go for the very top. Ronaldo scored 42 in a season. Look, that's ambitious, but that should be the target. He should be trying to do that. What's the top? Is it 
Venistra got 44. No, I think Venistra is the top. I'm not sure what Dennis Law's record was. Um, maybe maybe Adam knows in the chat. Has anyone got more than Dennis Law? I think Venistra got 44 in one season. Obviously, we do remember the 42 by Ronaldo. The Venistra one did get swept under the carpet a little bit for some reason. But um, is there anything else on the match before we get in the three two ones? Um, Dennis you want Law to was the highest, 46 goals in 63-64. Okay, I don't so, think so, <laughs> I don't even think Erling Haaland's going to be catching that, to be fair. Or he might. I'm not sure what he's on at the moment. But um, before we get into three, two, ones, is there anything else in regards to the match talking points? Um, anything I've sort of missed out performances? No, I don't think so. Um, I think we've highlighted the highs and the lows. Let's rip in a three, two, ones because what I'm really hanging for, Tom, is looking ahead because the games come thick and fast, and Ten Hag's going to prioritize. So I'm really keen to rip into that. So let's start with the three, two, ones. No, definitely as well. And, and the other play we haven't mentioned, I thought we had a good game as well. No chat about Anthony Disson Burns on the side. I did enjoy that. Um, I did, did fancy Anthony to have a good game and thought did his job well. But that sort of bit of play against um, Dan Byrne on the on that touchline was um, brilliant to see. The three two ones, they our first three two ones of Manchester United winning a trophy. So I think we'll keep it the same. Maybe there could be a case to double the points this week. I don't think that's the case. But um, my computer is extremely loud. It's getting very excited. So we'll, we'll try and wrap up soon before it overheats. But um, Three, two, ones. I've got two names, Casemiro or Wambasaka. It has to be Casemiro for me. Um, he, he scores the goal. He He's everywhere. He's, our defence looks so good and I, I don't think enough can... Yes, there's a system in play that Ten Hag's implemented, but Casemiro, when he doesn't play, you see how fragile we look. He's such a player, man. Just honestly, this guy, unreal. It has to be Casemiro for me. I, I'd put Wambasaka for two and the only reason is Wambasaka didn't start the game. I think he's crucial in us getting the result, but that's probably why I dropped Wambasaka just a little bit. So I'd probably go Casemiro three, Wambasaka two, one point. I mean, I'd be looking at the defense to be honest. But I'll I thought Alessandro Martinez. I thought it was just again n- nothing. Oh, what a performance by Martinez! Didn't know he had this in him. Obviously, we do know he has this in him. He does it every bloody week, for God's sake. But ultimately, again, doing it on the stage. For me, Lissandro Martinez, again, just would say proves me wrong or proves people or he proves a lot of people wrong in terms of the punditry, but um, just just impresses every week. Uh, he doesn't have a uh, – we talk about Fred. He can have an 8 out of 10, then a 2 out of 10. Lissandro Martinez is just an 8 out of 10. He's unreal. And you know what's the more impressive about that? He plays with aggression, but it's controlled yeah. aggression. He doesn't get red cards. He, he, he is Marcus Rojo, but with control. Um, yeah, left Argentinian. He's a left-footed Argentinian, but he knows when and where to be aggressive. He's not reckless. He he hasn't had a red card. Has he had a red card this season? No. Yeah. Uh, Casemiro had one, but now not look sure. Um, I'm sure he's sure he's got a few deserving ones, especially in training. I'm sure he's gone through a few people. But um, I was <laughs> going to shout a few people like, in the chat. He, for me, he's the best centre back in the world at the moment. I, I really believe that. Forget his. I don't care what anyone says. And you, if, the he's only first, reasons, he's, if he's not first, he's second behind Run. Well, yeah, Tom. The only people who would say no is because they're still looking at his height because they're children. But and with, that's the only reason you'd say no because you look at everything he's doing. No one gets past him. No one beats him in the air. He's phenomenal with the ball at his feet. He, he could play in midfield. Don't worry about that. He's he's the complete package. He's such a player. Oh, always, mate. Um, Adam here saying Casemiro for three, Wambasaka for two, and Martinez could also. Yeah, De Gea stepped up big, big save in the first half when San Maximum went past Diego Delo with that bit of skill. 
Um, big save by David De Gea there. Adam, with a shout in regards to in- influence on that match, that ball from Luke Shaw. <laughs> what a ball. You could go back and watch three of those angles. When did this happen with Luke Shaw? I, I mean, I, I've... I've always seen him as a player. I recall there were seasons where fans were saying he was playing well, and I was like, he doesn't contribute enough in the final third. Not only is he, like, if you look at Wambasaka, for example, Tom, he ends a low as well. They both cross to a targeted area. Luke Shaw looks, looks for the head. He looks for the head of the player. Like, David Beckham, like, obviously not the same level of cross, but he looks for the player and he looks to get it on their head. His delivery over the last 12 to 18 months has gone to a whole new level, Luke Shaw. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Adam here saying um, Casemiro, Varane, Martinez, Dion, Casemiro for three points. Box, Casemiro, Martinez, Wambasaka, SJ Bart here, Casemiro, Wambasaka, Martinez, Tom, Casemiro, Rashford, Martinez. Rashford, obviously, big goal as well. You can't look past Mark or hard to look past Marcus Rashford. George Gar Martinez for three points, Casemiro for two, Wambasaka for one, and Box with another vote. No, I wouldn't disagree here. McGuire um, takes all. Home all the chocolates as well. And um was a comment earlier from Tom here saying, going to make an unpopular tag. I don't think Wan-Bissaka has played as good as others are saying. Not saying he's playing badly. Just think he's had better games. He's done his job. I think in terms of he's had a big job to do in terms of, and especially you're taking up, it's hard to hide away from the position he has found himself in in terms of being sort of frozen out from the squad to come in and do his job at the highest level. Um, I think does weigh in terms of the people's not overreacting to his performances, but sort of real bigging those performances up. Um, I think that's my view on the Wan-Bissaka situation. But let's go Casemiro for three points. A match winning goal for me, and obviously his performance in the middle of the pitch and everything he brings. So I'll give Casemiro the three points. I think we agree on Wan-Bissaka for two. Um, a lot of people are saying Lissandro Martinez, so would you be agreeing there? Yeah, I think so. No arguments from me. I mean, look, when United win a final, there's no reason to... I mean, Rashford scored a goal, but yeah. you, you look at the contributions overall. Um, no, I think I think we got the right three-two-one blend here. No, definitely. I'll add those to the telly, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll put that. Or maybe give a score update next week. Then maybe put it behind closed doors for the rest of the season. But Adam here as well. He's right. Eric Ten Hag. We won't finish the podcast yet. We'll wrap it up in a little bit. But Eric Ten Hag. I know we spoke about him at the start, but ultimately, what, what more can you say in terms of? I'm lost for words on what this guy has done. The, the job he has done on the pitch, away from the pitch, for, for everything that is Manchester United, we owe everything to him at the moment. Yeah, we do. He, he's phenomenal. And I want to be careful here because it's it's. I've never felt so emotionally attached to a manager, Tom. Like, honestly, like I haven't felt like this toward a manager since Fergie. Um, and I know Mardi Gras weekend just passed and I'm about to question my own sexuality because I'm being honest, like tongue in cheek aside, like Ten Hag is phenomenal. Like this guy, he's just every single manager who's gone since Fergie, you can make an excuse for him. David Moyes didn't win a trophy. Scotsman only there because his mate wanted him to get the job. Um, Louis van Gaal, um, a bit of a dinosaur Never never was familiar with the English game. There were question marks there. Football wasn't good. Jose Mourinho, we, we, we thought could win, but it's going to it's gonna self-destruct, and it did before he even got a chance to win anything. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, club legend, seemed out of his depth, though. And then Ralph Rennick. I mean, Ralph Rennick was Ralph Rennick. But you look at Eric Ten Hag, ticks all the boxes. And, and not just ticks all the boxes. He didn't have it easy. Everything he's had to face already. Harry Maguire came on with a few minutes left today 
and just the man management to know he's the captain and I know what it will mean for him to go out and participate in the game just so he can lift the trophy. Mm. Just the man management is unreal. Tactically, he's outdone the best managers in football this season with a squad that is less than, like you know, inferior, obviously. I can't. I just can't. And then his press conference today. Stop it. Stop it. Pulling on my well, on that, yeah, you, you sort of bring up Fergie. I'm sure everyone has seen the photo of um, Eric Ten Hag giving the f- trophy to Sir Alex Ferguson. Oh, what a brilliant photo. It almost brings a tear to the eye, that photo. An absolutely brilliant photo. But we'll finish on sort of those trophy celebrations. Don't have any of the photos to bring up. I'm sure everyone has seen them in the comments. Before we do wrap up, let us know just your thoughts on those trophy celebrations. And the first question I'll throw to you, Larry, in regards to that, I had no issue with it. It was discussed a little bit earlier in the show. Harry Maguire having the armband and lifting it with Bruno Fernandes. I can understand. Well, I don't know. I can see why people would be pissed off with that. Me personally, I don't have an issue with it. He's the club captain. Um, that's a that's a job and responsibility that has been given to him. Um, he still is there at Ten Hag, hasn't stripped him of that. So he's the official club captain. I've got no issue with him up there with Bruno Fernandes. And obviously, Aaron McGuire has played in the League Cup this season. He must have made one or two appearances as well. So he has contributed. And ultimately, in a league, in a cup competition, you, you have to win every game. So it's not like he's coming and we've lost in this competition. When he's come in, he's got the job done and we've won. So ultimately, I was pleased for Harry Maguire because the, the abuse and stick he's got over um, his time at United, I think, has been unfair. But ultimately, we can have a dis- different discussion about his future. Um, that's a def- definite discu- discussion to have in a few weeks' time. But ultimately, those trophy celebrations, I was just... As I said, we hated these players last year. Not even last year, six months ago. We hated them. Now we love them. And um, f- football is a funny game. We're very fickle as fans. But ultimately, they're giving us what we asked for. And ultimately, just what did you make of seeing um, yeah, just your, sort of your favourite players finally have a smile on their face and get what we want as Manchester United fans, a bit of silverware to, to lift? It's awesome. And um, the, the thing that's really not getting spoken about at the moment is the connection with the fan base. Uh, the players celebrate the way Varane pumps up the crowd at the end of wins. If you've noticed, he does the fist pumps and gets the crowd going. And Casemiro does it as well. And Martinez, when he scores, he's he's quick to go hug fans. And we saw, obviously, the famous photo against Chelsea. Um, Rashford, when he scored, I think, during the week, he obviously ran over to the fans. Like The the connection with the fans is phenomenal. And, And a lot of that has to go back to Ten Hag and... The culture is driven it. And it's great to see the players happy. I actually felt the happiest player I felt. There were two players, Tom, I want to shout out. Val Verkhorst, who said he didn't even remember what Ten Hag said to him after the game because it was in his own world. I haven't and seen that. I need to see that. I've seen that quote. I want to go see that. If there's any footage of that, yeah. Um, and, and he sat there. He sat on the pitch at Wembley and he processed because this guy was playing for Besiktas in January. He was playing for Burnley last season. He couldn't have dreamed of being where he was. And then... Um, the, the other player I thought of was Harry Maguire, actually. And uh, I felt so happy for Harry Maguire. I really did. Because for all the crap we've all given him, and rightfully so, it has to be said, he's deserved his criticism, but he's cracked on. He hasn't He hasn't been petulant. He hasn't complained. He's yeah. been professional. He's been ready to get called upon when, when he's been asked to. Given his status within the game, it could have very well gone down the Ronaldo path. Absolutely, but he he's chosen not to do that. He's a quiet guy, but he's a professional. And he came on today, he did his job. For however long it was, it doesn't matter, he did his job. And he, he, he celebrated holding up that trophy like he had been through war in the last 90 minutes. And 
I'm really happy for him. And look, I think Maguire won't be a Manchester United player come next season, but he goes with full blessings and full applauses. If, if this is how he leaves Manchester United, it'll be one of those where we look back and say, ultimately, it wasn't good enough, but great guy. Wish him all the best. Uh, definitely. One more player I do want to touch on, but he... I um, haven't seen you in the chat before, but Lela Media, um, I'm from Ethiopia and top, man, top fan of Man United. Hope you all, mate, um, joining us from the other side of the world. Please do subscribe if you're new. Always welcome here. Um, as chatty earlier, SJ as well. Honestly, there's been, has there been a time Eric Ten Hag has made a bad call? The bloke does no wrong. Do you think, and we're going to have season reviews in a few weeks, probably a few months, Larry. I was thinking about it earlier in terms of what, yeah, what has been the turning point, because forget last season. Go back to the start of this season when we're losing 4-0 at Brentford and what the feeling was. That feeling was 10 times worse than last season. And I'm just thinking in terms of our anger towards the players. Now, something changed in a couple of days because a few days later we went out and beat Liverpool. Now, was that Casemiro arriving on the pitch? I'm not sure. But ultimately, that run... Now, I need, I need further details on what exactly happened in that training session. Did they just put on their sneakers and do 14 kilometres worth of laps? Or did they sort of just have a harder training session where they just ran longer? I'm not sure. Did Eric Ten Hag run laps with the players? I'm not sure. But ultimately, I need further information on what happened during that session where Eric Ten Hag did that run. Because ultimately, if I weigh everything up, that's what's changed. That incident was when Manchester United season turned around. Or no, forget their season. That's when the Manchester United our club turned around. Yeah. Um, and I think when you're a new manager, it's, it's very easy to just abuse the players. But the fact he participated, Vince, bang on. When you're a new manager, I think he could have easily lost that group of players if he made them run 13 kilometers and didn't participate. The fact he participated meant they had no excuse. Yeah. You had a 52-year-old who's like, all right, I'm the manager. He could have sat back and just put him through a slog. He's like, we're in this together. We're going to get fit together, and I'm going to join you because we need to be brothers here. And I think that goes to his accountability. I forget who brought it up in chat. Was it just earlier? Eshe has Eric Ten Hag done anything wrong? We obviously sit here and say no, but in Eric Ten Hag's mind, who obviously has a far better football knowledge than us, maybe in those first two games, maybe he thought he was at fault for maybe one or two decisions. So maybe he has done wrong, not done wrong by the club, but in terms of made the wrong decision. So ultimately, we looked at the players that they're at fault. They're at fault. Maybe Eric Ten Hag said stuff. It was actually my fault. No, I'm not saying that's the case, but ultimately, that's a taking responsibility which is um, a huge thing for, for any leader. Absolutely. And uh, he's gotten, when you look at what he's gotten right and you look at what he's gotten wrong, no. chalk and cheese. He's no. doing a phenomenal job. His substitutions, I mean, I could no. sit here. Every single manager we've had post-Fergie, even under Fergie, criticism no. of substitutes, he gets all his subs spot on. I don't get it. I don't know. Maybe not, not only the subs, but the subs spot on in terms of the, the tactical bit and what you want from the substitution. But ultimately, the yeah. subs are coming on and performing. So you have to credit the player for coming on performing. But you also credit the manager because a player who is on the bench might be a little bit filthy. I should be starting, but they're coming on and they're fighting for the spot. So ultimately, just at the moment, it's a feel good factor. Now, ultimately, our sort of view on the club is going to take a sort of a bit of roller coaster over the next few weeks, few months with these new owners and what, what the future does look like. That's a discussion for another day. But um, you mentioned Harry Maguire. Glad for him to get a trophy before he potentially and very likely does leave the club in the summer. Another one for me came on and we haven't discussed his performance. I don't think it was a sort of six out of 10, didn't do anything good or bad. It was just he came in, did his job defensively. It was actually quite solid as well. But for me personally, anyone on the podcast knows, um, no hiding from the fact I'm a huge fan of Scott McTominay to come on. If his future is away from Manchester, no, I'm still not convinced it is. I still think there is a future at Manchester United for him if he's happy in this role. 
But ultimately, if his future is to be away from Manchester United, in the boat that Harry Maguire, some of the stick and abuse he's got for me, for Scott McTominay, all I wanted before he potentially does leave is a photo with a trophy. And he's got that on his CV now that he's won a, man, he's won a trophy for Manchester United. So in the same category as Harry Maguire, maybe even more so for me, Scott McTominay. Um, obviously, you met him as well down in Melbourne. I was over the moon for him. Yeah, I'm happy for all these players. There's no player at the moment where you look at, oh, gosh, he doesn't deserve to be there. He, yeah. I hate that he's at the club, which is amazing because if you rewind 12 months ago, I think it would be a very different conversation. But, yeah, credit to the Scotsman. He's been professional when he's – same thing. He's kept his head down, worked hard, been professional. And uh, happy for all the players. No, definitely. Adam here, good to see you. As always, I'm um, interacting with the show. And obviously, I did appreciate this morning. Obviously, I had a great time watching Man United. At the pub, it has been a long day. I've had two hours sleep. I went to bed last night about 11 o'clock, got up at 1 o'clock, and um, I've been up since. Obviously, went to the pub at 2 o'clock in the morning. And um, idiot, uh, it's wrong decision in terms of what it has done to my body. Would I do it tomorrow for Manchester United? Yes, I'll go there now. Ultimately, that is what supporting Manchester United is. And um, look, you, you laugh, Larry. We could be in a position where we're doing this multiple times this season in regards to we, we could have a title running. We could have a Europa League FA Cup. Who knows how many pots we're going to win. Um, come the final day of the season in May. But um, before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to touch on? Yeah, um, I, I do actually. I'm really happy to announce that uh, we've got a sponsor. Um, so Power Loans um, are coming on board um, to help out the pubcast. And uh, they're a, a, a brokering business. Um, I met with Fatty, who's the uh, founder and director, I suppose. Um, wonderful business. So you'll see more uh, about them um, and they might come and make an appearance or two as well. Great guy getting behind us and um, really appreciative they're coming on board. They're going to help help us financially as well to help the channel grow, which is always awesome. Um, so yeah, really excited about that. And it just, you know, it's a, it's a recognition of the community we're, we're building here. Um, we've got wonderful people who join us every single episode. So thank you to all of you who have helped the pub grow. Um, and credit to Tom as well, who definitely carries the slack when, when I'm not around. So, yeah, really excited and look out for them and support them because it, when you support the sponsors, the people who help us, they then help us back. And, you know, that's kind of the community we're growing here. And everyone who comments is always sensible. It's always it's always good in here. Um, and it's a pleasure to be part of this. No, definitely 100%. I do appreciate all the support um, for everyone. And it is great to get a bit of a sponsor and a little bit of help on board as well because um, this is not only just very time-consuming, which I'll do it. As I said, I'll go out in I'll go out in 10, 20 minutes to have a day watching Manchester United at the pub sort of thing. So the time does not bother me, but it also it's quite expensive running this podcast as well. You might not think that. So when we do get support in the comments, um, very much appreciate it. We do um, don't take it for granted. And as Larry said, um, the chat is always good. I've always sort of sort of filthy with them in terms of what I read online on social media. But in terms of this chat, we do see it's all sort of level-headed. Even if I do disagree, I can see the other point of view. So I do appreciate everyone's support. Um, long may that continue. And as I said, more information will come out um, with his sponsor over the next couple of episodes. But um, next couple of episodes, Larry, we've got FA Cup action to talk about in a couple of days' time. I'm not sure when that is, but we've got West Ham to talk about. And ultimately, morning. my first instinct, play the kids. In turn, not, not the kids, but everyone who that starting 11 shouldn't be in anywhere near Old Trafford. I, th I think you have to completely sort of to just rest for Liverpool. Now, ultimately, Eric Ten Hag wants to prioritise every trophy, so he's probably going to go full strength, and who am I to argue with him? But ultimately, it's a big week for Manchester United because have you ever been as confident going to Anfield over the last couple of years? 
No, uh, and I think there's every chance of an ambush, if I'm being honest. So United will need to be on it, but something's got to give. And uh, I just think that with with the FA Cup, there's – while look, I, I love the FA Cup, but I think now that we've got the, the trophy off our back, the Carabao Cup yeah. and the FA Cup kind of achieve the same thing. It, all the yeah. English teams are involved, and I, I don't see a lot of benefit for United going deep into this competition. I don't think it's a distraction we need. Um, I, I'm with you, Tom. I, I think play your Kobe Mainus, play your Zidane. Did you see that? that in, ter- in terms of good feel-good moments, this player lifting the trophy, that player scoring this goal. Did you see the footage of Kobe Mainu and Eric Ten Hag at the end of the game? In terms of it was, have you seen it? Uh, I haven't. Oh, watch! I'll tag you on Twitter. It, it's I don't want to say a beautiful moment, but my God, it's a bloody beautiful moment. In terms of Eric Ten Hag comes up, gives him a big hug, and you can almost you, you have to be a lip reader to see what he's saying. But he's all on the lines of saying, okay. You contributed to this. You played in the League Cup. Remember this game you started. You contributed to this. So this is part of your trophy. And, okay, soak this in because this will be you next year. Next trophy we live, you're going to be part of this. I don't know if that's what he said. That's what I'm going to pretend that he said. But ultimately, that was a moment there where you could see the smile on Kobe Maynard's face going, geez, this is something special. So ultimately, from everyone, Kobe Maynard in the youth team to Eric Ten Hag, the boss of the first team. Ultimately, it is very good feeling supporting Manchester United at the moment. Long may that continue. It's been far too long between drinks in terms of lifting a trophy. And Larry, as I said, in terms of this pod, this podcast, um, our first trophy together. So ultimately, um, a historic moment for us in Man United. <laughs> Absolutely, Tom. Look, I don't have a trophy to hold up, but I, I do have a team mug. So uh, this will have to do for now. I'm sorry I couldn't be there this morning. Um, but look, I'm fairly confident, Tom, that you and I will have another final to attend this season. And I promise you, I will be there. Fingers crossed. Um I'd love Arsenal in the Europa League final. I'd, I'd love it. Oh, That's a discussion for another day. But um, hopefully everyone did enjoy that. Please do leave a like on the video. It would be very much appreciated. If you are new, there's a few in the chat. Hit that subscribe button so you can join us next time we do go live. And um, 2K to me. Come on. Help us get there. We're on the way, I'm telling you. That would be some achievement, some achievement. But until then, hope everyone has a good day. And um, enjoy sort of looking at all Eric Ten Hag's trophy photos. That's what I'm going to do before I go to bed. Until then, I'll chat to you. Cheers.